This is Isaiah Kiner-Fleffa with the Texas Rangers. Welcome to the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast with Jeff and John. Jeff Wilson started covering the Texas Rangers in 2008, though he'll never forget 2021. Out on his own, he decided it was time to do a podcast, but his wheels were spinning until a nerd came along. There's no going back now. Welcome to the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast. Here's your host, Jeff Wilson, and the recliner nerd himself, John Moore. All right, everybody, and welcome to the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast. This is the first one of 2022, but it is episode 18. Man, today, I don't even want to say the name. This is a big one. Go ahead. Okay. It's Jack Ladder, folks. Jack Ladder is going to join us. The number two overall pick, the first round pick of the Texas Rangers. He's going to be jumping on with us in just a second. Uh, this is great, man. I mean, you already did a story about him. You've talked to him. He said then he was going to come on. He just w- couldn't do it that day. But, hey, we pulled it off. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, he he, he was a college student at the time. And, you know, uh, right after Thanksgiving is a pretty busy time. He had finals coming up. So uh, I said I'd revisit it uh, during the offseason or, you know, the holiday break, which, you know, he's not going back to school. So, right. Um, and I, I shot him a text. And by golly, he said he'd do it. So. Uh, we're looking forward to that. Um, you know, some of you might have seen his introductory news conference way back in July. Um, he's just so well polished and well spoken, and, and uh, you know, uh, uh, such a, a good, good, good kid. And uh, you, you can you can see what we've talked about every episode. Uh, you know how these prospects are mature, um, high character guys. Yeah, uh, and and that's very clearly what the Rangers are, are, are seeking both uh, in the minors and at the major league level. So uh, looking forward to talking to him here in a little bit. Well, you already have, I can't wait to talk to him. This is going to be exciting. And you know, you t- you going back into that, what you're saying about the character of these kids, this is a guy who gets an $8 million signing bonus, number two overall pick and says part of his deal, I want to go back to school and get more hours uh, because I, I, that's important to me to get, you know, to get those grades right there, that's that's hats off right there. He had pitched 110 innings, but I, I can't wait. It just sounds like another character guy. Yeah, and, you know, we, we talked to Chris Young about this, and he kind of followed the same path after he was drafted out of Princeton, uh, finished up his, his coursework, got his degree. And, you know, if, if, if Jack Leiter had thrown 60 innings uh, in, in college in 2021, he, he might have pitched – uh, professionally this year, but, you know, as it turned out, he had as many innings as, as they wanted him to get. And so it, it just worked out real well. And, you know, he hasn't just been sitting and, you know, at his desk cramming, he, you know, he was working out uh, and, and we'll get into all that. Uh, but it's, 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 uh, it's a, it's a nice story. And uh, again, I think everybody's going to be impressed if they haven't already heard him talk. Yeah. I can't wait. This is great, but guys, we're going to do that right after this. Let's, let's get our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Superior Sports Investments. Established in 1995, they carry one of the largest graded card inventories in the country with the widest variety of BGS and BCCG and PSA graded sports cards. Unlike other online sellers or auction houses, they own their entire inventory. They don't take consignment, no auctions, so they take pride in every sale that they make. They make sure every card they sell is the highest quality item possible before it leaves their hands and packaged safely and securely. 
Visit their eBay or Amazon stores to see their entire inventories or browse superiorsportsinvestments.com. That's superiorsportsinvestments.com. And use the promo code THANKS5 for a discount. All right, and joining us now on the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast Hotline, all the way from New Jersey, he was the number two overall pick, the first round pick in 2021. Jack Leiter is joining us. Jack, thanks, man, so much for coming on with us. Thank you so much for having me. So how's it going? Good? Good holidays, all that stuff? It's good, yes. It's been really good. Um, you know, just spending time with the family, seeing some some old high school friends and obviously getting my work in and in the weight room and from a throwing standpoint and getting really excited to get out there and get started. So we, you, you and I talked at, around Thanksgiving, and I think the plan was that you'd be thrown off a mound by now. Is that still... Is that yes. still what's going on? Yes, it is. Um, I've thrown off a mound, I think, five times now. Um, and that's not saying, not to say it's near game intensity, but it's kind of just feeling the slope, feeling the mechanics, seeing a catcher squatting again and um, spinning breaking balls, getting a feel for a changeup and just hitting the glove. So it hasn't been high intensity, but I have thrown off a mound. So you, you would say you're throwing at blank intensity. I would say I've thrown at about 70% intensity on okay. my most recent bullpen. All right. And what, when you're working out by yourself, do you have like the Rapsodo stuff and a, or, or are you just throwing? Um, I mean, I have my dad. He's got the, <laughs> the, good, the good eye test and um, there's no there's no technology necessary, in my opinion, when it's um, when it's this this early. But I am excited to get out there and sort of get on that that sort of technology as I, as I build up intensity. Okay. Now, New Jersey, New Jersey, I'm, I'm very familiar with geography is a little North. So are you throwing indoors? You're not doing much outdoors right now. We've had some nice days. Um, okay. but yeah, for the most part, I think we also went down to Florida that my family and I, um, for five days around Christmas. So I got two mound sessions there in the, in the nice Florida weather. So that was nice. And then, I think I've thrown twice indoors and then we were lucky enough to have a 50, 55 degree day or so um, that lined up with one of my bullpens. So I threw outside that day. All right. So what, what, what is a Christmas like at the lighter house? Did you got, you guys, what, you had it in Florida? You guys... We actually, so my mom's family all lives in Florida. My dad's family lives in, in South Jersey. So typically we split holidays with, with those. And um, this year, I mean, we did Christmas with our, our immediate family at home in New Jersey. And then that afternoon on Christmas day, we flew down to Florida, spent that night dinner with, with my grandparents on my mom's side, my aunts and uncle. And, um, it was a pretty, it was a really nice week. Flying on Christmas is the day to fly. There's like nobody on the flights. I don't know about you, but <laughs> every time I've flown on Christmas day, it's been beautiful. Like nobody's at the airport. You, you can spread out on the plane. It's the way to go. Definitely travel tip yeah, for everybody out there. <laughs> now, did you guys you guys go crazy with gifts? Um, I mean, yeah, we we like to give gifts. I have three sisters, so they like to shop and they like to be shopped for. So uh, I usually have, and they like they like getting me new clothes. Um, because I'm not much of a shopper myself, so Christmas usually gives me some new clothes for the new year. That's all I, that's all I got this year. And that's all I wanted. That's all I asked for. Yeah. Was 
don't, <laughs> I don't need any, I don't need any toys or anything. Just, mm -hmm. you know, give me, give me some nice clothes. God knows I need the help getting dressed. So <laughs> my wife's got the keen eye as well. So that's good. Um, all right. So baseball is locked out, but, but the minor leaguers aren't. So how, how much is that affecting you? The lockout or not, not at all. You're just going full steam ahead. Yeah, I'm pretty much, um, I guess you could say business as usual, just doing everything that I would in the same time frame that I would have if there was a big league camp. And um, from from the uh, professional side and the Rangers side, it's kind of just just doing what I'm told and being where I need to be when I am told and being ready for that. So um, not really too worried about all all the other stuff. How how regularly are you in contact with rangers people um i would say it's been at least at least once a week from from somebody within the organization throughout this whole off season just communicating kind of keeping tabs on my throwing my workout programs and then um just you know seeing how the body's feeling um from a training staff from a physical um a strength stamp, a strength and conditioning standpoint, and then obviously from a pitching standpoint. How how is being a professional baseball player? I know you, you took a little bit different track with the schoolwork, but you said you feel like you're a ball player. Yeah, I mean, it it hasn't it hasn't quite hit in that way yet because I've still had to worry about class up until December, and then now it's getting ready and kind of worrying about packing all my stuff for potentially whatever it might be the next nine months. And, um, you know, just small stuff, figuring out my getting my car shipped out there and, and all of that and where I need to be when I need to be there. But once I get out there and I get in a uniform and I'm kind of going over to the field every day, that's where it's going to, it's going to hit and it's going to be really nice, I think. So, it, and are you, you're planning to get there later this month? Is that right? Um, I'm going out to Texas um, Sunday, yeah. sort of just this like informational thing that they have for us. And then there's a pitching mini camp um, the 13th to the 15th. So that'll be in Arizona. And then after that, I'll, I'll be in Arizona and um, sort of just continuing my routine and, and continuing to get ready. Yeah. And it, uh, you, you didn't get to spend a lot of time with the guy, the guys, you know, with, with being in Nashville and everything. So I guess I, I would guess you're really looking forward to that. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. It, it's a little bit unique in terms of going into a season and um, not having the time to, to get as close with some of my, um, my teammates that are going to be teammates for hopefully a long time, but it's, in the short term and this spring and summer. Um, but the, from the small sample size that I've had of guys within the organization, everyone's been awesome and I'm excited to continue to get to know them. Are you a goal setter? Yeah, I think, I think goals are necessary okay. to be set. I do, but okay, uh, for, for the upcoming season, I mean, I would say my goals are more, um, day to day in terms of um, controlling what I can control and continuing to, to get better incrementally and um, 
I'm not much of a result-oriented goal setter in terms of I want to have this many strikeouts or whatever it might be. It's sort of just doing everything I can every day to to get better and be in the place that I want to be down the road and knowing that I did everything I could and fully prepared the outcome is um, not really something I lose sleep over and and how, how much do you lean on your dad uh, obviously unbelievable career um, how much do you lean on him for keeping you pointed in the right direction um, I think I definitely lean on my dad of course um, I mean, parents are super influential. So from the time I was young, sort of my whole thought process on not just baseball, but life came from both of my parents mostly. So that sort of incremental improvement mindset of not looking too far ahead and not paying attention to the goal, but enjoying the process and really um, buying into that process came from my dad. And obviously I leaned on him a lot for that. But in terms of staying motivated, that's that's kind of all on all on myself. And um, my dad's always said he he didn't he would love to have a son who played baseball. I was his only son, but but it wasn't something that he pushed at all. He said he just wanted me to be the best at whatever I decided to be and whatever I love to do. So um, obviously it worked out and that ended up being baseball that I loved. And um, that's something that we share for sure. So if, if you don't like get to triple A this year you're not going to like say, screw this. I'm retiring. I mean, you, <laughs> you've, got pretty, no. you've got a pretty good, pretty good head on your shoulders. It seems like. Yeah, no, it, um, the level, the level that I end up at or start at, um, for that matter really doesn't make a difference to me because, um, baseball is all about making pitches, whether I'm facing a, a middle school team, a varsity team, a SEC team, a major league team. It's, the same approach the night before I have the same sort of routine and mindset the hour before the game I have the same warm-up process same routine and it's it's the same game the glove doesn't change the target doesn't change there might be more fans behind in certain circumstances but it's the same exact game of making pitches is the last time you faced a hitter Omaha yep yeah so so, uh, I would imagine there's a great curiosity to see how your stuff is going to play I'm, I mean, I'm definitely ready to get out there and compete against the hitter because um, I'm definitely a competitive person. And um, at least through these bullpens, really the only thing I'm competing with is the glove. And the only thing I have to get frustrated over is missing a spot or pitch that didn't break the way I wanted it to. So there's ways to stay competitive with yourself, which I enjoy, but I'm ready to get out there and um, compete against a different team. So you don't make you don't make your high school friends just step stepping into the box during these PP <laughs> sessions. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've ha- I had some really talented high school friends, but um, that's never been an issue finding guys to step in and and um, face and give me some good feedback. But it's really just not not at that point in my intensity. If I was built up more and the season was coming sooner, I would I would definitely have guys in this area that I could face and give me good feedback. Have the Rangers laid out any plan for where you are going to start the season? No, no. Um, and I don't know. I To me, that's just not something that's important. And I think they're kind of on the same page with that. Just kind of see where the where the season takes me. And it, again, it's it's really just 
internally for me, it's just about me competing with myself and continuing to get better. And if I'm, if I'm throwing well and they put me in the lowest level, I'll be very content with how I'm doing. And if I'm not throwing well in the highest level, I'll want to get better. So it's really just a, a level of competition with myself. Well, I don't think you have to worry about down East. I, I would, I would think, I think Hickory could, could be, where you spend a, maybe a month. I don't know. I'm just spitballing, but there is talk about Frisco. So, I mean, it, it's, um, I don't know. I, I just think that wherever you end up, there's going to be a lot of talented guys in that, in that, those rotations. So yeah, are you, are you, and, and you had a great teammate at Vanderbilt, a great pitcher. Are you a, a guy who's motivated by what the other guy does? kind of a friendly internal competition. I do enjoy friendly um, internal competition and, uh, yeah, I mean, the Vanderbilt pitching staff is um, it's really something special pretty much every year. Um, I think it's a it's on par with certain minor league pitching staffs in terms of the depth and the talent and whatever the velocity, the overall stuff that's coming from all the guys, not just not just the um, guys who throw the most couple the few guys who throw the most innings. Um, so that was fun. And yeah, I've seen and heard a lot about the talented guys in the Rangers organization, and I'm really excited to watch them work and kind of bounce ideas off of them and hopefully make each other better. All right. You and you and those pitchers are part of what's a, a really improved farm system. Um, has it been what, what was advertised during the, the, the draft process? Yeah, I mean, um, the Rangers, um, it, it was, it's felt like a perfect fit for me, just based on what they were saying, the timetable, kind of their willingness to go out and get some guys and um, their kind of eagerness to win. And it seems like the whole fan base and everyone within the organization's on the same page there and that they want to win and they want to win soon and they want to win for a long time. So that's obviously what any, any uh, competitive athlete wants to hear and that was really impressive and they came up to new jersey and kind of laid out their plan and so far they've they've done everything they said they were going to do and more so i'm excited to see what what they continue to do as an organization and i'm excited to um, be a part of it yeah when, when we talked they they hadn't signed Corey seager or marcus Simeon or john gray or colt calhoun yet mm-hmm. i think i think what you said was i hope they signed some dudes so maybe they were listening to <laughs> <laughs> yeah i had a i had a good feeling they were gonna they were gonna go out and get and get some guys and and i don't even know if it's if it's done yet so uh, right. when this all passes over i think they might still go out and look for one or two more pieces maybe yeah john john wants him to sign say suzuki yeah that's been yeah, mine that'd be cool he seems like he's very talented so that would be exciting yeah yeah. Uh, all right. I, I'm kind of the, the bad cop and John's the good cop. So he's okay. going to ask you for more fun stuff. Yeah. My stuff is all fun. So when it, when it comes to me, it's just all about you and growing up and all that Del Barton high school, New Jersey. That's where you played ball. Uh, I got to ask this one first. Okay. I, I, I went back trying to find stats from when you pitched at Del Barton. There's not a lot out there. Max preps all that. Now, did you, did you hit one home run in high school? I did hit one home run in high school. Yeah. Me, I can, it's the only time I can ever compare myself to a future major league, whatever star he's going to be. I hit one home run in high school. So did Jack Leiter. And I'm going to tell everyone, me and Jack hit one home run. Was it a shot? 
It actually was. It was. <laughs> um, my senior year. So growing up, I, I loved hitting and I um, spent so much time working on it. We had a batting cage in our in our backyard here in New Jersey. Um, and I would hit in it for hours and hours and hours. And, um, you know, I, I, I was a pretty good hitter, I would say. And um, sophomore, junior year came around and it seemed like pitching was going to be, um, you know, the more serious focus as I continued in my career. And then senior year finally came and uh, I didn't play a position. I would just DH and I liked batting practice because I just tried to hit home runs. I wasn't trying to actually be a, a good hitter necessarily. So, um, yeah, it was exciting to get that one home run. I think it was a, actually a, a 0-0 game in the sixth or seventh inning, and it was a grand slam, the one home run. So it was an exciting one. Oh, my oh, gosh. Fun. How far did it go? The fence was 330 and left. It, it cleared it by a good amount. I would say three 370 maybe. Dad cleared it by 200 feet. It was a good 530. We are the same. If I could throw a fastball 98 miles an hour, I hit one about 370 in high school. Wasn't a grand slam. Wasn't a grand slam. I have to admit that. Let off a game with it. Okay, did you play any other sports growing up? I did, yes. Pretty much all of them when I was little. Football too? I played football until maybe sixth grade, yes. So you played some tackle, got out there and banged it around a little bit, huh? Yeah, two or three years of tackle. Um I was the quarterback the first year and, uh, you know, we, we were, what I think it was fourth grade when we started tackle football. So obviously there weren't well-designed passing plays and, <laughs> you know, I was taking a lot of sacks. So the next year I moved to wide receiver and uh, this is the same kind of deal. So eventually I just kind of said it was time to, you know, I, I liked basketball. So I played basketball sort of through middle school and then I played it for fun. We had a league of, it was all athletes that didn't play basketball anymore. And we signed ourselves up. We didn't even have a coach and we went in this fun league. It was, it was fun throughout high school. So I played basketball and baseball. So, so in high school though, the basketball, you weren't playing for the team. You were just playing for the high school. You were just playing fun. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say I was good enough to play on the, on the varsity basketball team, but it was, it was fun. Let me ask you this. Cause I saw this Don Bosco prep, is this is Texas now? You know Texas high school football is huge and all of that. Mm-hmm. They're always one of the national ranked uh, football. Is that the same Don Bosco Prep? That was that who you played against in baseball? It was yes, yeah. They were they were good in baseball. We had our our like division, I guess it would be called, um, was the non public A. So the bigger non public schools, yeah, and that's who we would play in the in the um, state playoffs and the non-public North a specifically you'd win that. And then you'd go on and play the winner of the South in the, in the state championship. And the North was, the North was really talented. And Don Bosco was one of those teams that we would play in the either semifinals or finals of the North pretty much every year. Okay. So you grew up in New Jersey, born and raised there. What were your teams growing up? Who were your favorite teams? So I was actually born in plantation, Florida, And then my dad was obviously he was playing until I was five. So we moved around a little bit. I went to a preschool in New York city and then I moved back to Florida. And that was sort of my years of, you know, falling in love with sports when I lived in Florida. So I grew up a a Marlins dolphins and heat fan. Um, the The baseball thing was a little, a little tougher to pick a team. I wouldn't necessarily say I was a diehard Marlins fan because uh, my dad played on four teams, so I liked. I sort of liked players, and the I was the Marlins. 
Yeah, yeah. One of them was the Marlins, Marlins, Blue Jays, Yankees, Mets. And um, because of that, I didn't I didn't, you know, fall in love with one team. I just really liked watching, you know, good, good players and um, players who were fun to watch. But the Dolphins and Heat, I'm, um, you know, even recent years, I've been a I've been a really big fan of those teams as well. You, you like Tua as, as your quarterback? I do like Tua. I do. Yeah. I didn't know who I, you know, before the draft, I didn't know who I wanted them to pick that year. But once they picked Tua as a Dolphins fan, I had to, you know, buy into that. So I like him. I do. Yeah, he's had a good year other than the injury. I mean, they've, they've won. They've won when he's been healthy. So, I mean, he's he's been all right. Yeah, it was an exciting run. I really like Flores as the coach. So, um, yeah, they they were better than their one and seven start for sure. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. The other day, the family and I went out to lunch and um, they had a TV on. It was MLB Network, which is in straight rerun mode right now. But they were showing the 2000 World Series game one. And uh, we got there and then it was the ninth inning when we got there. And they kept showing your dad on the deck. I mean, your dad played for some really good teams. Yeah, he did. He did. Um, yeah, he won in 92 and 93 with the Blue Jays. And then 97 with the Marlins right. and then 2000 lost to the Yankees when he was on the Mets. Yeah. I mean, if, if you can have your dad's career, geez, the Rangers mm. will fit the lottery. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no That's, kidding. What he says. That's what he says. He's, he's hoping I could get more rings than him. So <laughs> that's yeah, it. It, it, it that's is it. Competing against your dad. Yeah, competing against him as a Ranger <laughs> fan and, and, and one that covers him. Yeah. You want to do that. Speaking of your dad, do you remember you were young? Do you remember that last year he played? Can you remember it, or is it just not really? You were just five years old is about my kids cut off what they they kind of remember things and don't remember things. Yeah, it's it's vague memories and then memories from hearing stories throughout the years since then. But I do remember, I think in 2006, he was on the World Baseball Classic USA team. And I remember um I remember snippets from that because they were out at Cal State Fullerton practicing. I think Ken Griffey Jr. was taking batting practice with an, an aluminum metal bat, and that was before BB Core. So he was hitting like 600 foot home runs. I remember that. <laughs> and then I remember I really liked um, specifically Dontrell Willis. Um, he oh, yeah. was a really, a really fun guy around the Marlins clubhouse. So um, I think, I think I hung out with him a little bit. But um, yeah, it. My dad does say that there's trade-offs because obviously he was retired and got to see, you know, the years after I was six, a lot more often than if he was playing, but also I would have had a lot of cool memories if he played a little bit um, into my later years. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, cause actually your dad still had a cool job. He got into broadcasting and doing that. What are some cool things that you got to do because of that? I know that Harold Reynolds, the day you were drafted, talked about you nonstop about the little kid that would come in the studio that was a shortstop. And you remember when you were little, what are some cool things you got to do from your dad's broadcasting career? Yeah. I mean, a, a lot of being around guys who worked at the network, Harold being one of them and Kevin Millar and, and the list goes on there. And I would, I would go in when I was little and the MLB network is 20 minutes, 30 minutes from where we live. So I would go in with him some days, kind of sit in his office when he had meetings you know, I would go in, I would bring some friends, play wiffle ball in Studio 42. And <laughs> I used to say to my dad, like, this isn't a job. This is so cool. And he, he still tells me that like that was he thought that was awesome. And that was funny. But <laughs> but it is true. He had a he had a really cool job. I got to go to all star games because he would work those. I went to some World Series when I was younger. And um, yeah, Very I shagged cool. home run derbies. I did some cool things for sure. And that, that, that's really cool.
Yeah. That's really cool. Let me ask you this. Do you remember the first time you were actually getting scouted? Do you remember how old you were? You started going, hey, I'm getting scouted here. This is pretty cool. Um, I know your senior year, you know you were getting scouted because you got drafted, but younger than I would that? Say, I would say it came on later than most. Um, but the first taste you get of it is college recruiting, and that also came on later than most. Some guys are getting recruited in eighth grade, and um, I wasn't one of those guys. I developed later, so – um, you know, sophomore year was kind of pitching in front of people who were there to watch you. And that was kind of the first, the first taste of that. And then come senior year, um, I knew there were a bunch of scouts back there, but I really didn't, didn't think anything of it because I was, I was dead set on going to Vanderbilt. So, um, there wasn't, there wasn't much that was going to sway me from that. And, uh, I'm really, I am grateful for that decision, but that was a really fun year. And that was, Again, another another kind of sample of of throwing in front of scouts, but I didn't acknowledge it much. Okay, so that we're we're getting into Vandy now. So we're gonna get into Vanderbilt. You chose Vanderbilt. Let me ask this: any other schools you considered? Yeah, um, so I wanted to use baseball to get into a school that I couldn't academically otherwise. So um, Vanderbilt, Duke, North Carolina, um, Wake Forest, Notre Dame. Those were kind of those were the schools that. I kind of narrowed it down to, um, you know, schools that are pretty tough to get into academically otherwise. So that's what I wanted to do. How old, how hard were you throwing in high school? Um, it was a progression. I think freshman year of high school, I was 85. Sophomore year of high school, I might have hit 90 for the first time. Um, junior year, you know, 90. 92 93 and then that summer going into uh, senior year I think 94 and a 95 and then senior year you know I would through my starts I would probably sit 88 to 92 but you know some adrenaline pumping and I, I would run it up to 96 96 97 maybe there's a good looking girl in the, the, the stands yeah <laughs> <laughs> me too that's when I hit my home run I was trying to impress the chicks when I was <laughs> Okay. Well, hey, so, you know, uh, uh, sorry, John. Uh, tell us about what you're studying at Vanderbilt. Oh, yeah. What I'm studying? Yeah. Uh, the major is called human and organizational development. Um, it's actually very interesting. You pick a track within it, and I picked the the leadership track. So you take a lot of a lot of leadership classes and um, sort of learning how groups and organizations function from from the um, foundation up. So, yeah. Very cool. And then, but you, you did, you did. And I talked to you about this when you, after your press conference, you had to take the hit. You, you didn't have to, you chose to take the history of country music. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. he was there in Nashville too. wasn't he? that was cool. Right. It's a it's perfect mm -hmm. fit. But yeah. Were you a country fan before that? And are you a country fan after it? I was um, both. Yes. Um, my family's kind of always listened to country. They were big. My dad and mom were big Garth Brooks, Kenny Chesney and uh, uh -huh. you name it fans. So um, I, yeah, I listened to country when I was younger and I, I do listen to country a lot now and I listen to a little bit of everything, but I would say my number one genre that I listen to is country. Very did, you, cool. did you pick out any like older classical guys that you really like? through the through this course um he says garth brooks i'm gonna crawl through this garth brooks. <laughs> no i mean we yeah we learned about you know johnny cash and all the all the charlie pride and all the older yeah. guys but 
Um, I mean, in terms of what I listen to, like when I'm in the car now, it's, it's the newer stuff, but you know, that, that stuff's good too. All right. Well, coming to Texas, you, you really need to familiarize yourself with Willie Nelson, mm-hmm. Waylon Jennings, who's passed, but you know, those are the two big guys, mm-hmm. Willie and Waylon. You need to, you need to be able to speak Willie and Waylon. Hey, don't, <laughs> don't, don't be fooled. I got a daughter that's his age and I'm telling you. They like all those new country stars too, the groups that come in and do that. And they come here. They all tour here. So when you're in the big leagues, you'll have plenty of chances to go see some of those guys while you're here. Hey, you were drafted second overall. Obviously, everyone knows that. Were you pretty sure Texas was taking you? Did you know that, hey, if if the Pirates don't do it, that I'm going to Texas? You'd been in contact the whole time, kind of felt that was it? Uh, yes. Uh, about 10 minutes before the draft started. So kind of right up on it. I knew that the pirates weren't taking me and the Rangers were. So I sat down on the couch and kind of was able to, you know, let out a sigh of relief, knowing what was going to happen. Uh, my friends were all there behind me and none of them knew. I don't even know if my siblings knew because my dad was, my dad was the mostly the one in the room, um, you know, on the phones and right. um, that whole week leading up to it after after the College World Series, because the whole season I didn't think about or talk about the draft really sure. at all Yeah, because um, it wasn't the most important thing on my mind at all. But, um, you know, right after the College World Series kind of settled in, got back home to New Jersey and then the talks really picked up. And um, my dad and advisor had been in on talks all through the spring, but they just kind of finally included me in on those, um, that last week. And, you know, it was a, it was a chaotic week and, um, I was just happy to, you know, know where I was going when I sat down because I've heard stories in past years of guys who get picked and it's like a shock to them, but it was yeah. nice to, it was nice to know. That's cool. Well, I mean, it, it was, it was relatively drama free. I mean, I know you went pretty close to the deadline, but you know, it, it just seemed like it was always going to happen. And uh, I know there are stories about the Red Sox and, and all that stuff. And then, and then, you know, your buddy Kumar and his whole drama, I mean, it just seems like this was a pretty steady, easy thing for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, I'm lucky enough to have people that I um, trust and, you know, can, can lean on um, helping me out. So it really wasn't, wasn't my um my stress to to wear um during the season obviously you have plenty else to worry about and um I really didn't think about it so that week leading up to it and it's all it's all great no matter no matter where you end up you kind of in your head you know it's going to work out so um you kind of just want to get past that and then move on to what's next and I was I was happy that was that was with Texas all right we're coming down we got about four or five more but they're all fun ones first one what do you like to do when you're not doing your job, which is pitching? What, what, what are your activities? What do you do outside of that? Hunt, hunting, fishing, golf. What do you do? Um, I mean, I love, I do love to golf. Um, my game still needs improvements for sure. Um, I wasn't one of those people who golfed when I was, when I was a little kid. So um, quarantine was when I really picked it up like a lot of other guys. And yeah. I think I've, I think I've improved for sure, but I think, um, some lessons could be, could be used and I'm excited to, to golf on the, uh, in the nice courses in, in Arizona. Um, other than that, I like to go to the beach in the summer and, um, you know, just spend time with family and friends. Okay. Watch it, watch it. Win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's been getting good. You gotta, let me tell you what. He's going to take your money. Just watch <laughs> out for him. 
You've got a good little group. I tell you, there's about four or five of you guys that are their potential aces, and you're all about the same age coming in. Um, I, I, I've been a guy that's followed the Rangers since 1974. I'm an old guy. Your dad mm-hmm. and I could hang out and have beers, and we know everything, same music, everything. But I'm telling you right now, this is the best arms that the Rangers have ever had in a system, ever. They've never had depth they have with starting pitching, and it is exciting as – I cover it from a fan side. Jeff's the beat writer every day. There, there are a lot of people excited about you guys. You got a good little group there. But golf, you guys are all competitive golf. You are going to be mm-hmm. taking each other's money, that's for sure. I am. I am excited for that because um, baseball, baseball on the field is is amazing. But baseball off the field, spending time with teammates is is where a lot of my memories have been made. So um, it's stuff like that. That's that's really awesome. Okay, you got three sisters. You've already talked about them. Now you're the third, right? So you got two older sisters and a younger sister. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Do you pick on them? Do they pick on you? What happened? Um, I mean, I think we're past that. But when when we were younger, um, I think I mean when I was a baby and a toddler, and my dad would be at the field coming back. I was obviously in an apartment with with all girls, my mom and three uh, two sisters until my younger one was born. So I think they would mess around with me, you know, when I was a baby and put me in a dress or something like. To, <laughs> and I didn't. I obviously didn't know any better. My dad would come back and he said I would be crying and he'd, he'd get all mad at them. But um, no, we have a, we have a good relationship. Um, they're all they're all awesome and my older sisters are working in in new york city now and they they live in there most of the time but obviously with covid they've um they've been living back at home a good amount working online um so my parents have been happy to have us all back in the same house how old's the baby the younger one she's she's 16 and she's a junior in high school okay now do you ever rent a car with her driving she so in new jersey you have to be 17 it's 16 the permit permit still but i have been in the car with her she's like a new driver she's careful (laughs) i've got one that age too that just got his license so uh (laughs) god it's scary all the way around so now now are you protective like if she goes on a date are you like standing over there if dad's not around and being a little protective yeah that's that's a little a little weird for me because when i left for college she was uh maybe a freshman in high school yeah and she was young now and i've i've been back you know for breaks and stuff but now whenever i'm back it's just like you you see like you know she's she's going out to a new year's party at her friend's house or something and that's all weird for me <laughs> I, can but, yeah. I can imagine okay favorite food what's your favorite food favorite food i really like buffalo wings um Hmm. spicy you go cajun spicy what do you what do you like um yeah pretty spicy i'm not like one of those people who likes the spiciest possible one whatever the one you have to sign waivers for but um i do like buffalo wings um i like a good steak too so you can't go can't go wrong with steak that's good arizona and surprise uh booties uh booties bar and uh i think they call it wings or booties wings and bar but booties it's not like a Twin Peaks or Hooters that, you know, all the waitresses are very appropriately dressed, but they have the best wings. They like win national awards. Yeah, it is good. It's a, it's a ream and bell. So, you know, if you ever need any, any pointers, yeah, you can 
you can you can lean on me i've been going there for about 10 years so <laughs> all right i'll definitely try that out for sure okay yeah. so where are your go-to places when you go out to eat in new jersey and nashville i mean you guys at college where, where was your go-to where would you guys hang out um i mean i think this is standard for a lot of a lot of baseball players that i've been around but chipotle is always a place that i i really go to to eat um, um there's one five <laughs> about the fifth person that said that <laughs> Yeah. 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 I think that's a pretty standard answer now, but there's one, there's one everywhere. So there's one close to my house in New Jersey and there was one up the street from my apartment in Nashville. Um, so that was, that was pretty great. Um, I, I would say I've always been a, a healthier eater for the most part. It's not like I don't eat desserts and stuff like that, but, um, I like there's, there was a good place. Um, that was like kind of like a build your own salad bowl place um, that I really liked to go to as well um, in Nashville. In Nashville. Okay. All right. So what is your favorite home cooked meal and who cooks it? Is it mom or grandma or somebody? What's your, your go-to man, mom, you or mom, you got to cook this for me or grandma. You got to get this. Um, I would definitely say my mom's um, she goes and picks up these. Um, they're already marinated steak tips from, um, this place called the meat house in our, in our town in New Jersey, she brings those back and she makes that she makes some kind of vegetable. And she's, I don't know what she puts in the vegetables she makes, but she makes them really good, but uh, whether it's broccoli or spinach or, or green beans. So I love um, greens. Pretty much, yes. And <laughs> she's, she's the one that kind of got me on the, the healthy eating from a young age. It wasn't really a, a choice because we weren't allowed to have like the, the junk food snacks in our, in our house based on her rules. My dad loves all that stuff. So, um, so yeah, she, she cooks healthy, but, but it's really good. So I always enjoy coming back to that. Okay. We got one. Oh, sorry. Are you looking to add weight as a, as a, as a professional athlete? I don't think so. Um, last year I played at about two Oh two to Oh, and then in the off season, I would be 205, 207. And right now that's about what I'm at, 205, 207. And that's just, that feels like a good weight for me because naturally in season, you know, sweating and being at the field more and not being able to eat quite as often throughout the day, um, you lose a little bit of weight. So if I dip down to like 202, I think that's okay. Okay. All right. Okay. We got, we got one last question. Then we're going to get a plug from you since your audio is good. You got a mic there or something. You're sounding good. So we're going to get a plug. Last question. I always use the one example. Jeff knows what's coming. It's what what is something nobody knows about Jack Leiter? Let me give you the example. You know Brock Burke. He's in y'all's system. He's a pitcher. Asked him this question a couple years ago when he first got to the Rangers. He was in AA, and I went out there and interviewed him and asked him that question. He sleepwalks. Lots of funny stories. You need to ask some of the guys about that when you get to spring. There are some hilarious stories about rooming with him on the road, and in the middle of the night he's up throwing pillows and hitting stuff. But it, what is one thing? It doesn't have to be that wild. Just something. What's something nobody knows about Jack Ladder? Um, I would say a weird one that usually gets um, some people who are passionate about it pretty pretty angry with me is that I hate peanut butter. And like as a, as, a minor, <laughs> as a minor league baseball player, that seems to be like the go-to <laughs> snack of peanut butter and jelly. And I've just always hated it. Really? Yeah, just the way it the way it looks, smells, <laughs> tastes, everything about it. I I don't like peanut butter. What about in a smoothie? No, you can taste it. 
Yeah, I can taste it. I can. And then people have said, have you tried almond butter? And I feel like I've tried all that, but maybe I have to give one of those another try. Maybe. I don't know. You know, it could be a texture thing, too. Sometimes it's just a texture thing. People don't like a certain texture of food. I think it is because at a baseball game, I'll gladly eat peanuts, but peanut butter for some reason. I don't know. And you have no problem eating a stick of butter. So it's just a <laughs> combination. Yeah. All right. All yeah. right. Well, listen, we're going to get a plug real quick before we get you out of here. It's, it's very simple. You might want to write it down. Here's how it goes. It's you're going to, I'm going to give you the example. You'll get it. Yeah. This is, this is Jack Ladder with the Texas Rangers. Welcome to the Texas Ranger baseball podcast with Jeff and John. Okay. Give it a run. Don't worry. If we take two or three shots here, we're good. This is always the funny part. Okay. But you're going to do it first time. You're a Vandy guy, so that's good. Let me say it one more time. This is Jack Ladder with the Texas Rangers. Welcome to the Texas Ranger Baseball Podcast with Jeff and John. All right. This is Jack Leiter with the Texas Rangers. Welcome to the Ranger Baseball Podcast with Jeff and John. The Texas Ranger Baseball Podcast. Right, 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 right. Okay. No problem. All right. This is Jack Leiter with the Texas Rangers. Welcome to the Texas Ranger Baseball Podcast with Jeff and John. Awesome. That was fantastic. Give him a round of applause. (laughs) All right. No, seriously. Hey, Jack, thanks for taking time. I know you're on your vacation. You're with the family. Uh, I'm sure we'll see you out there. I know Jeff for sure is going to be out spring training. I'm going to try to get out there again this year. If not, when you're at Frisco, I go out there a lot because we're here local. But, uh, man, we can't thank you enough. Jeff, anything else before we let him go? No, you covered it all. Really appreciate it. Um, Thank you. We're, we're, we're looking forward to seeing all these pictures uh, develop yes. and see what happens. So, uh, yeah, yeah we're going to reach out to mom and see if there's any of those dress pictures that they went from when you were a kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for having me. That's Jack Leiter, the number two overall pick, the top prospect in the Rangers organization. Jack, thanks so much and have a good one, bud. Thank you. All right, man. We'll take care. All right. Bye. See ya. Oh my goodness, that was fun! Yeah, yeah, we kept him on a while too, you know, and uh, he didn't seem to have a problem with it. Not so at all. Awesome. He just sat, yeah. he had a blast, and and that's I, I love to get into the fun part of it, um, you know, at, at the end and just kind of find out more things about him. That was a great sure. one. That nobody knows the peanut butter. We, I hope if some of the players hear that, they're going to give him some crap. You know how players are; they love to get each other. He's going to have peanut butter yeah. in his locker well, or something. You know, my, my daughter doesn't like peanut butter, but she's seven. You know, I, I think I think she'll acquire that taste. But yeah, for and and he's right. I mean, PB and J is a big thing in these little minor league clubhouses. So, sure. Um, now he's going to be okay because he can probably find a Chipotle, uh, afford something that he likes. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's that is, that is a good one. Yeah, that that was good. You know what he would, and what a great, just a good kid. Once again, we we keep harping on this, but good lord, just another good guy. Yeah, yeah, you know, just composed, can complete a full sentence without any issues, uh, and string multiple sentences together. I mean, and and you know, I, I uh, and the 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 TCU stuff that I'm starting to do uh, again. Uh, I talked to their quarterback Max Duggan yesterday, and he's a he's he's jack's age you know he's a senior uh gonna be a senior and he he was he was very similar uh to like justin foscue good quarterback too guys we've had on um so so maybe it's a generational thing maybe maybe guys are learning uh are more confident i I don't know what it is but 
uh, it seems like these guys are, are uh, a lot better than, uh, you know, athletes of, uh, to interview the athletes of 10 or 20 years ago, you know, where you really sometimes had to pull answers from them. Yeah. Uh, these, these guys seem to seem to have some polish on them, you know, and, and here's my theory on guys that are, that, that are, uh, the children of athletes that have played when your parent that, you know, when your parent isn't somebody that hovers, that's over there and they're trying to keep the career going through their son or whatever, those guys that just grow up loving the game because dad did or whatever, any sport usually end up being tremendous professional athletes. And we've seen that a lot, but you know, dad never pushed me. He said, never did it. He just wanted me, whatever I was going to be into, he was going to be into. And uh, that ends up usually with a very talented kid. And look, he's, he's succeeded everywhere going forward. Now, don't get me wrong. Dad probably could get him some pitching coaches and stuff when he knew he, the passion was there. But, uh, but man, what a good kid. Well, and, and you know, I, I think that the parents of players know how hard it is to, to get to the major leagues. They know they went through it and how hard it was. And so, it, you know, they kind of know it's unreasonable to say, hey, you're going to be a major league player because, sure. you know, just, just the, the chances that are happening are, are, are pretty slim no matter what your bloodlines are. And, you know, you, you, you do see it and, you know, I, you see the guys who are such and such a junior and you're like, man, I remember watching, watching his dad play, you know, like the line of the shields, right. Or, you know, his dad. And, uh, I remember course, Al well, Prince, Prince Fielder, Al lighter, of course. Uh, I mean, and there are a lot of others, but, um, not as many as you think, you know, you, you, you recognize them because of their parents, but it just doesn't happen that often. No, pretty unique situation. You know, I I think one of the more impressive answers of anything he said about going to Vanderbilt, he chose, I mean, this guy throwing 90 mid nineties in high school, he had his choice to where to go. He narrowed it down to schools. I didn't think I could get into with my grades, meaning I wanted a better education. And he chose between North Carolina, Duke, Notre Dame. And he had Vandy on there, obviously, which is a powerhouse baseball school. That's, that's a, that answer was not the answer I expected. You know, I expected, oh, yeah, I had Alabama, Arkansas, all the high SEC teams were all over me. Yeah. I narrowed it down to Duke, North Carolina, schools I couldn't get into academically. That's another impressive. Yeah, I, I, I think he's probably underselling himself. I mean, just, you know, he, he's an intelligent kid. I, sure. I must that he got very good grades and all that stuff. So maybe he's underselling himself. Maybe it was baseball could ensure that I could get into and, places, yeah, that, but, That's more what still, it is, yeah. Your, point, your point's well taken. I mean, he – He's got he's got more on his mind than just going and, and playing baseball and making a ton of money. He 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 knows that you know there is a lot of risk. Um, sure. With every with every player, there's <laughs> risk, um, and he's you know he's got a backup even, plan already. Even if he has a 15 or 20 year career, let's say, like his dad did, he's still gonna he's the kind of guy that sounds like he's not gonna want to go to the golf course every day. He's gonna want to do something and. And uh, so, you know, more power to him. And if, if the career doesn't doesn't pan out, which doesn't doesn't seem likely, you know, a, a guy this talented, right? Uh, he will have something to to fall back on and won't be wandering the streets aimlessly. You know, he, <laughs> he'll, he'll have goals in life. Absolutely. Well, you know, we got to transition from there real quick before we get out of here. We're going to talk about just a couple of things. I guess we got to we got to start with the lockout. That's where we're at right now. Any new news on the lockout? Anything you've heard? Uh, I mean, it's just right now there's nothing. Yeah, no. Um, I I sent a text to a, a Rangers a, a official 
the other day because I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out when spring training would would start if if everything goes off as as planned and and everything gets gets resolved when was spring training supposed to start and um and then he gave me the date is you know like mid mid February something like that and uh I said I don't I'm not too optimistic about that and he goes yeah I'm not either so I, I think that even the even the teams are starting to to realize that this may drag on a little longer uh there's a something in the a tweet from a Toronto Sunrider that apparently Blue Jays pitchers were told eh, don't uh, don't be in a hurry to make your book your accommodations down there in Florida so uh, those are negative things, obviously. Uh, I saw boy, that. You know, I can't. I can't get over that. These guys would do that to the game. You know, I. I, re- I remember the hockey lockout or strike or whatever it was. I don't know a dozen years ago, maybe a little longer now. And I mean, hockey is is, is clearly the fourth of the four major sports. Sure. And I mean, it wasn't. I, I hate to say it, it wasn't missed, but and, and it, it just seemed to have done harm that that a lot of, you know, it, it lost a lot of people. They're still and, not fully back yet. They're still trying yeah, to re- recoup. I, I would say it's maybe starting to, and I think the Olympics have helped and, and things like that. But, uh, you know, if, if, if baseball loses another season or a half a season or even, a, you know, shoot, even a month, it's just going to turn off a lot of people. Yeah, it'll they have to know that. These people have to know that. It'll tick and, them off. Uh, it's just – it's a frustrating thing, but you know, maybe, Hey, who knows? Maybe, maybe by February 1st, we're talking about uh, a two week window to get your, get, get the rest of the free agent signed and everything's going to start on time. It just doesn't look that way. Yeah. And, and like I've said over and over and over, they need to be in a room and it just ticks me off that you can't get two guys in a room, lay out stuff and take them back to your people. It's, it floors me. You know, my son turns the, the, the younger one turns 15 tomorrow. Well, that's the, the 8th of January, and we keep kept hearing, get out of the holidays, get into that. And this first week, nobody said, let's get together and get in a room. Yeah, I just yeah. – it, t- it ticks me off. It pisses me off. That's what it does. I'm just going to say that. It pisses me off. That's but fun. I cannot believe that they're not at least throwing stuff at each other. Yeah, and, you know, the, the, the players who have come out here lately, including Marcus Simeon, uh, Max Scherzer is the last one, you know, but – the, I think the owner's line is, well, we're, we're waiting to see what they want. That's a load of crap. Yeah, that's BS. They, they, they exactly know what the players want. And these guys in the last week to 10 days have laid it out. They, they don't want tanking anymore. That's, 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 that's at the top of, top of their list. They want to ensure that teams don't tank. And, and you do that with a minimum payroll, I think. You know, it, and, you know, it, it's, it's hard for a lot of teams to, to do that. You know, you can't Financially, it's difficult to ask Oakland, Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, some teams like that to have a hundred and ten million dollar payroll. But you, you, you need. You could ask for eighty or ninety. There are ways, there are ways you know, to to make it better. You know, sure. uh, you can penalize teams for tanking. I, you know, you you could create a a lottery at the top of the draft. Absolutely, just mm-hmm. a, a a straight tank. Uh, worst to best uh, order ranking. Um, so there, there are things that can be done, and it seems like, hey, you know, that wouldn't be very hard to do. And uh, you got to get owners to sign off on it. Uh, you got to come up with the size of the lottery. That's fine, but it's it it could be done, and and it really shouldn't be that painful to do. You know, it, 
And if the if the exchange is a lottery for uh, a, a minimum payroll, you know, uh, basement, do it. Shoot. Yeah. You know? um, and there are other things, obviously, you know, and but 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 the the non taking and tanking addresses a lot of the other things they want, like the the middle class player, as, as I've seen them describe making making more money. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know what that is, but it seems like the last few years, there have been a lot of players who've had to sign, um, minor league deals and make a team that, that probably should deserve better. And so, but some of that is, is, you know, teams wanting to protect as many prospects as possible. So expand the, expand the 40 man, expand the 40 man to 50 or, or allow 60 day injuries to carry over during the off season, you know, create more roster flexibility for teams to add players. Uh, I, I think that's, that's something that, that seems reasonable. Uh, so anyway, but of course it, it, it comes down to money. The owners trying to spend as little as possible and sure. the players want to make as much as possible. And, uh, and they but, both got uh, major, but, look, but they're, they're going to be, Hey, they aren't going to be making crap if there are games canceled. Absolutely. And, and it, look, uh, that's a, they should have learned that from 2020. Absolutely. No, you're exactly right. And look, it, it, it's, I understand as an owner, you can't just, even though you're a multi-billionaire, just throw money at it and, and do it. You've got to have some sort of semblance of running it and trying to make it at least even out every year where you're not losing money every year. I get that in, in, in certain circumstances, but these guys have money and, and they're, they're not, they're not going broke because of the baseball team over here to the side. No. They've got, they've got their stuff. But I think also too, if they take away the draft pick compensation where you lose a draft pick on some of these guys, that's going to help too. Some of these, cause yeah. those guys right now that aren't signed basically because you don't know whether you want to give up your draft pick yet. You know what I mean? Right. Because not on that guy. That's always, that's always been a big one. That's always been a big deal. It's, it's been big for teams to have that compensation and the players have hated. I mean, I, ever since draft pick compensation first, first came, I know it's, it's been different the last two CBAs, but even going back to uh, when a player didn't come attached with a qualifying offer, I guess. So before the qualifying offer, qualifying offer phase, you know, that was still, that was still someplace where, where teams held firm. So, right. You know, I, I would, I would go back to that, you know, I, I would get rid of the, the qualifying offer. That's, that's just not, uh, yep. that's been, that's, that has been hard on players. I, I, and I, I, I am on board with, with them on that one. Um, you know, and then I, I think players have, have mentioned how franchise values have increased dramatically. Yep. And, and that's true. Um, at the same time though, <clears throat> owners don't make money on franchise value until they sell the team. Until they sell the team. Right. So, you know, how much do they want to invest and still end up clearing a big number at the end? Um, and, you know, a lot of these are ownership groups, like the Rangers have owner, an ownership group. I know Ray Davis owns owns the, the biggest chunk of it. Uh, Bob Simpson and Neil Liebman are second and third in that. Then there are some other guys who are minority owners. Um, but, you know, they may not have as big a stake but they still want to, they, they've made additional investments since their original investment and sure. they're going to, they're going to want to get some money. They, they, they might be guys who, who, who are looking to make a little money on this deal. But um, again, it's, it just seems like the answers are right there in front of you and, and it just takes a 
just takes locking yourselves in a room and, and, and hammering it out. And they don't do it. It just, it's frustrating. Right. Well, both of us, you and I are both, first of all, the, the TR stuff that's come out, we're not going to tell you what it is. It is about Kenny Rogers. And oh, it's he, phenomenal. Oh my gosh. I can't I, wait. I just got a text from uh, John Daniels who said the TR stuff is really good. Oh my gosh. It's fantastic. I, I tell you what, I, I, I was, you know, it was a couple days since the first one. It came out and it hit my inbox, I think 11. And I, whatever I was doing, I was getting ready to wind up so I could come home and do this. And I stopped and went, okay, I get stopped. I had to stop down and just read the whole thing and go back through it. Yeah. He's still got third parts coming out tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, it was just going to be a two-parter. And he said he just kept coming up with more stuff he was remembering and, and wanted to get in there. And, you know, you, you think, God, do I need a three-part story on Kenny Rogers? And, yeah, you do. I mean, because oh it, 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 it's so much stuff that I don't know. And, I mean, I, I was working – you know, in the market at the time in the business. Um, but I didn't know this stuff. I mean, in 2004 and 2005, I was covering NASCAR, North Texas, and then TCU. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's stuff that, that I just didn't, didn't know it's, and it's so good. And, and, and oh, part three is going to be the conclusion and it's going to be, is I can't wait for it. It's going to oh, be pretty explosive. I can't, I can't wait either. It's fantastic. I mean, everyone knows the story about Kenny uh, with the cameraman. Um, and then the, the, I tell you what, TR's first paragraphs in the very first one, it was like, oh my God, I had no clue. And I'm not going right. to say what it is. Cause you gotta go read it. I was like, yeah. oh my God, he hooked me from right there. And when it ended, I was like, what? I got to wait a day to, for another one. And so this is fantastic stuff. Now you and I got our own stuff coming out. I do my top 20 list. My criteria can never have played one day in the major leagues. Um, I sent you the list and said, here's yeah, what yeah. it is. So I'm not going to tell you what it is. I have a little different thing at the top and I have my own reasons why I do it. You've got a list. So you do a, a top prospect list. Um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't decided how big I want to make it. I'm going to, I'm supposed to talk to Ross Finstermaker, vice president uh, who, who kind of oversees player development. And um, I want to see what's feasible. I did, I didn't, uh, the Baseball America Prospect Handbook for last for 2021. I did their top 30, and I tell you what, this is a it, it's a it's an undertaking. It is. And, uh, uh, there are a lot of different opinions out there too, uh, just who you talk to and, and what they say, and um, and now with the addition of Jack Leiter, I mean that one's pretty easy. But um, you know, other others players who've been acquired, players who really had big 2021 seasons like Dustin Harris and sure. Cody Bradford, who, who were kind of un, unknowns, Cole Reagan's coming back. Yep. It, it's really changed. Uh, it's, it's a lot deeper. So it, it would be, it would be, it's hard to do 20. Uh, it might be a little easier to do 30, but 40 and 50 might be hard. So yep, it could. Anyway, I decided how far I'm going to go, but I, I should know here in, 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 in a couple of days, how, how I'm going to attack this thing. Yeah. And let me tell you how, how it, it's difficult because in my situation, I'll tell you right now, a guy that is not in my top 20 this year, who I put in my top 20 last year and wasn't on anybody's top 20 list was Blaine Krim. And yeah. I put him in last year. He's not in my top 20 this year. And not because he had a bad year. Look at what he's done this year. I mean, he's right. been amazing. It's because acquisitions, things that happen, people push other people and it's, Look, I look at all the publications. I look at who ranks what. I do my eye test on the ones I get to actually see through the MILB thing and, and all of that. And then 
it's my gut. Who do I feel is going to break? And I and I put a name in, and I hit on Krim, Krim last year just because of his high college numbers and what he had done. And he he's had a great year. Look what he did in Mexico. I mean, good lord, uh, Puerto Rico. Puerto yeah. Rico, whatever. He won the batting title. Right, and he had the best OPS and then um, over a thousand. Yeah, and and you you look at his career his career minor league numbers. I think it's 600 and something at bats. He's got 37 homers and he's batting 314, nine something OPS. I mean, that's. <laughs> you can't ignore low. that. <laughs> Although there is some double A, but yeah, that, that, that kind of stands out, you know. Hey, it's hard to ignore that. I'm sorry. You, yeah. you can't ignore that. Yes. Defensively there's questions, but you know what, when you hit like that, they will find a place to put you in the lineup. Sure. I, mean, sure. I don't care if, if you weren't the top pick in the draft. You know what I'm saying? The guy that's going to yeah. be putting those numbers up, you earn your way there. You don't come out of the lineup. I mean, yeah. if you're doing that. And he, I, you know, he, he's uh, like, he's not a Curtis, he's not Curtis Terry defensively. He can, he's very, he's serviceable yes. for space. He can play third. He can play a little bit of the outfield. Played um, that in college. He played a little outfield. So, so he, he can, he can do some stuff uh, defensively. Um, and, and like the, the hitting, uh, as it's been told to me, it's like more natural. Um, it's, it's a, so, so there's a, a better chance for it to translate, uh, the higher he goes. Right. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would assume he'd be in my top 30, you know, I, I, but I don't know. I got to sit down and put pen to paper and, and see what happens. That's it. Well, listen, um, I think we've had a good one. Good Lord. Jack Glider on here. We, we talked about what we can talk about right now going in um you have thrown out a couple of names that we're going to try to get here next week and the week after not going to say who it is because uh and guys we knew we knew jack was coming on last week late last week um we knew it was coming couldn't really say anything because things happen i mean look this guy can tell you as much as this morning yeah i'll be on uh i'll be on to do this and something happens you get stuck doing something um and so you 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 don't want to advertise it everybody get excited and then just have to go you know well you know, he couldn't make it today. We're going to have to do it next week. Kidding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then people think, did you really have that guy scheduled? That's, right. that's the thing. So, all right. I think we get out of here. Anything else before we go? No, no, just, uh, hey, what'd you do for the holidays? Yeah. Oh, well, hang, hang on. Jeff Wilson.substack.com. Absolutely. Um, five ninety nine a month, $60 a year. If you want to read all of TR's stories, for instance, you have to have this subscription. Absolutely. If you want to read our prospect rankings, got to have this subscription. Look, it's cheap um, compared compared to other outlets. It's it's really cheap. Yep. Uh, and look, I know there's been a lockout, uh, but I've written every day this year. Yep. And, and uh, there's 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 good stuff that we can glean still. Uh, you know, things like Blaine Krim, you know, Kyle Seeger retiring out of you know, out of the blue. Uh, there, there, there's still news out there. And I talked to Sam Huff yesterday and, uh, Sam Huff's going to be the Friday on the farm tomorrow. Uh, so there, there's just good stuff all, all around. Um, can't wait so, for that. I love that every Friday too. the, the Friday on the yeah, farm Dog- and, and some people getting back to the holidays, some people, uh, did give it as a gift. And I think, I hope, I hope everybody who got one's enjoying it. Uh, as for me, for the holidays, we went to Colorado right before, um, saw my family up there. Um, we were, as we, you know, as, as we were driving home, right. As we left uh, my sister's house, we saw a fire over in the, in the mountains, not in the mountains, in the foothills. Turns out, it, you know, it, it pretty big, big deal. deal. Yeah. Out. But the, the, the big one was right before new year's 
is uh, December 30th and um, towns of Louisville and Superior really got devastated by, by a wildfire. It missed my aunt and uncle's house. I said a quarter of a mile. My uncle said, that's eh, probably a little bit too, it, it's probably a little bit further away. Less than half a mile. Uh, Less than five miles is a lot. <laughs> half a mile. All yeah. right. Yeah. But to just to the south, everything was utter, utterly destroyed. So, I mean, it's it was a scary night for, for them. For me, I stayed up watching Colorado uh, oh, that's crazy. Denver news stations. Um, but anyway, here in Texas, we had a great Christmas, good, very good holiday. And I know you went to what, Vernon? Yeah, I went to, we went to Vernon the week before just to see my mother and see the family. Uh, you know, we, we, we usually go here or to Illinois is where we go on Christmas Day, depending on that's where Kathy's parents are. And yeah. so we, we didn't go to Illinois this year. We stayed here. And, uh, you know, Grandma and Grandpa sent down the stuff. But uh, had a good holiday. Um, I, you know what? My other holiday came uh, yesterday when the kids went back to school. Uh, <laughs> twice i know you kind of made mention of that too but uh yeah i, I enjoy the lull in the faces when they head off to school I, I think i enjoy that more than they do yeah i, I do too and uh actually we got to go pick them up right now so all right well guys let's get, let's get out of here thanks jack Leiter, for coming on go get the kids guys until next time we'll see you at the yard